everybody here to see you. Welcome to our guests and those watching online. It's always good to have the people here today. Welcome to the end of time. We got about 30 of our middle schoolers are away this weekend on our street, so they can use the passport. And maybe you're somebody here who doesn't know much about Jesus yet. We're here to hopefully introduce you to him. And if you already do know Jesus, our, our goal is to help you become more like him, right? Even if you're mature in your faith, we, nobody's there yet, so we all got next steps to take. We all need to grow up a little bit. You remember being a kid and you wanted to grow up. You couldn't wait to grow up, right? It's like taking forever and you might mark your height on, on the wall, right? And it's like measuring, like, I'm almost there, but still, it's taking so long that, um, So much, but maybe it's not all. It's not just to be. I always thought that could be the old classic. He grows up overnight, finally, and discovers that this isn't all it's up to be. And we didn't realize how good we want this kid. Growing up meant responsibilities, paying bills, paying taxes, thinking of other people's needs ahead of your own. It meant putting away the toys and the games. It meant you can't think like, like a playground anymore. I mean, one of the games that we play as kids, you know, if you go back a ways like I do, we play this board game called the Game of Life. You know, this is like, it's supposed to be about growing up, and it ends up being a bunch of that kind of racing game of life. So you're traveling along life's journey with jobs and college and uh, getting married and paying bills until you get it. Retirement. That's it. You're done. Game over. Put it all back in the box. That was it. Well, there's more to this stuff. It's open sure it's fun sometimes, and it sure ain't easy. But and then some days you don't want to adult at all. But I don't know. I don't think I just want to go back to the Really, where you have to go to school, do homework. Yeah, you know, you just play a little bit and you know, ride your bike. Hang out and have a good time and watch parties. Okay, I could do that for a week, but a long time. So, you want to trade in all your years of knowledge and wisdom and experience so that you can go back and have like a childish mind again and you have all those silly mistakes again and do that? I want to be able to eat whatever I want to eat. I want to be able to keep my own hours. I want to be married. I would not miss anything. Granted, adulting may be more difficult for them than it is for
like Pharisees. He said, you have to grow up. You have to become more like Christ. So we're going to go through this verse by verse. Okay, verse 1. Paul, from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our younger brother. So, uh, this is the young co-worker. He is getting searched for those things. He's there with them. He's going well. He writes a single thing. That's us. That's our identity in Christ. We belong to Him. We have been made to name holy to belong to God because of what Christ has done for us. Again, maybe Christ. And that's important to understand that we do are in Christ because we all go looking for our identity. And we go looking in the thousands of different wrong places. We try to find our identity in girls and guys and our grades and our jobs and titles and status and popularity. And we're living fear that we're never enough. Because we're looking in the wrong places. Your identity, your life has meaning not because of what you own or what you can do or what others think of you. Your identity is in Christ. Who He says you are, what He says you do. Verse 2 And to the faithful brothers in Christ, to every other spiritual family, at Colossae, grace to you and peace of God our Father. We also thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Father, we pray to this church for one another. I pray for you whenever you pray for you. Thank you. And, you know, I'm, I'm not really very good at encouragement. I'm like one of my consistent encouragement. So I'm going to tell you, um, it, it, it's easy for me to do if you just pray out to Because there's not a lot of drama here. There's not a lot of criticism. There's not a lot of pushback. We're so good elders, good staff, good enemies, good with each other. That's why I said, appreciate you being here for all these years. And I still look forward to every Tuesday. Because why are these things? People get saved, growing, and I'm going to bring it to the people. So this is what Paul is saying to them. Verse 4, he says, since we've heard of your faith, Christ Jesus, and of the love you have for all the saints. So he's got a good reputation. How about if we have a good reputation? Do people know us because of our love for one another? Are they compelled by our faith? Or are they heard about the work of Jesus? they know us by our Notice the church has already gone into the whole world. 
Now, I don't think we should take that literally because the gospel only been around about 20 years or so, so it certainly didn't have time or enough people to take it to every single part of the world. But I think Paul is saying, it's gone to all the known world. It's spreading everywhere. It's growing rapidly. And I, I point that out because there are people today who still say, Christ cannot return until the gospel is on to every single person in every remote village, every corner of the world. And I don't believe that's so. Why? Because Paul is in life to the Romans. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the faith is proclaimed in all the world. Think of that. He's saying your faith is in all the world. I know Jesus said that the gospel is going to be preached in all the world and then the end will come. But don't think you're thinking that it's going to go to every single person in every single place. It's already all over the world. And Christ will come back but it's a very good because it's free people. And it won't be free to the God of Jesus that is over it. It's a free people. As it does also among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, there's the word growing in your life that is true in your life. It's knowing the truth. We need to go away and make a life. To be just as you learned it from his comfort, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and became known to us, your love and spirit. So, Paul had heard about the Colossians from Epaphras, who is, again, one of his co-workers, like Timothy. Epaphras has shown up in Rome. Where's Epaphras from? Colossae. Along with Philemon, another guy that Paul wrote a letter to present. These guys were probably very instrumental in starting the church in Colossae as kind of something that Paul's message came by Ephesus. So here he is, Pat Ephesus is in prison with Paul, maybe voluntarily taking care of his needs. He didn't get a minister job. I know we make that a big church word, a minister, but he didn't serve Let's go back to verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not been praying for you. So again, recognizing that we have Bible. 
and that makes you fruitful. The right belief leads to right behavior. It can increase you in your life. It's a transformation. There ought to be some changes in your life. Now, the fruit may rise and slowly, but if there's no change, there's nothing to do Right? So, you got to be fruitful. And see, again, life is theology. It's what you believe that leads to how you live, especially about what you believe about God. It's a good theology can lead to right, good living. God theology means the wrong living, and it hurts people. So if you want to do right, you've got to fix right. And why are so many people's lives messed up? Why are they leading such bad lives? Because they don't know the truth, or they don't want to know the truth. So I'll say it again. If you want to change the way you live, you've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way Because I'm just glad to say, no way. You know, if we're going to we to we got to change our mind. Today, Christians got to be out of your mind. Out of your mind. Out of your Being strengthened with all power. What power? Who's power? Power of the Holy Spirit. He's indwelling you to make it possible for you to live a Christ-like life. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. You're being fruitful. According to His glorious might, not my might, His might. For all endurance. I need endurance to keep going. It ain't easy. It's difficult, but I don't want to give up. I don't want to whip out. I don't want to burn out. So I need endurance and patience with joy. The Lord has proved the truth. Patience is what is the Lord has proven. And by the way, it's not like patience, like what is the Lord has proven. It's patience is long suffering. What gets you through difficult situations and help you deal with difficult people? Don't let those situations just get around you by doing good. So, what? You think you got it bad? Where's all righteousness from? Where's? He's in prison. But he's got joy. He's got peace. He's in the world of God. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. How do you give thanks when you're in prison? When you look at what you have? What does that speak to? We got a lot. This is who has qualified you to share the inheritance of the things in life. And why can you got you qualified? How by Jesus dying in your place is what you earned and deserve was death to be cut off from God with hell. Deserve it punishment. But Christ suffered for you, he took that punishment and so now you have a future. You have an inheritance to look forward to. That's a real hope. And he has delivered you, verse 13, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I love it. We are delivered from this dark domain. We're living in this dark place, this dark world. Where again, we're on a journey, but it's not easy to happen. That's, that's our intending destination. So he comes along, he transfers us from that dark kingdom into his kingdom of life. And it's life that is truth. Jesus is the truth, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So transfer from one kingdom into another. Verse 14, whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. So not only he qualifies to live with us, but he redeems us. He bought us with a price. With the price of his life, so that we can have it. So, how do we walk worthy and stay solid? Let's go back to our, our priorities. What do we value? 
We value Christ above all. Gospel priority. So what do we do? Disciples love Jesus above all. Jesus first. Disciples deny and die to themselves to follow Jesus. As you put the practice and practice of work into the proper place so that you can focus on what's most important. Disciples seek to obey and do His will, regardless of consequence or cost. You can follow Christ if you don't live. Disciples express relationships through praise and prayer. Disciples seek seeking guidance and help. In other words, this is just reasonable and religious. It's a relationship that we're expressing right now, but how about the rest of the reason? And all you do. So I want to hear more about this amazing Savior because in this preaching verse of the philosophy, so much good, deep, profound stuff about the deity and supremacy of Jesus. Verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Yes, God is invisible. Why? Because He is spirit. Everything else is material and physical. It's created. Only God is the creator, so only He is non-physical. That's what makes Him God. People stop us and say, oh, you believe in that invisible side of yeah, embrace it. Absolutely. And he wouldn't be much of a God if he were something visible and physical and material, would he? But he did make himself an open sense of the earth. But it's not like the God is a mythology or no God is because I'm even by He's called the firstborn. 
and he's got that position of rank and authority. But Jesus, he is eternal. He said in John 8, before Abraham was, I am. Beginning and end, first last, Alpha and Omega. That's God's name. I am that I am. The eternal one. Jehovah, Yahweh. Creator, not created. Verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Now, Jesus does not mean that one, when God created the heavens and the earth, but God does hit on his existence. And he says, let us make man in our image. He can talk to the Son, he can talk to the Son, So things apply to Jesus as well as the beginning. And notice there are visible and invisible realms or dimensions. And there's a spiritual realm of the angels and the demons, and it's just as real as the physical dimension that we inhabit. Now, again, people will stop at a door. You believe in visible things. Of course I do. Oh, do you? How could you not? There's all kinds of invisible things around us. Radio waves, radiation, electromagnetic waves, gamma rays, ultraviolet rays, uh, all kinds of signals and, and wireless communications. You don't see any of that, but it's there. It's real. All kinds of colors around us that your human eyes cannot see. But some animals can see those colors. Frequencies that you can't pick up on. But some animals do. Things that you can't see in the dark. But animals can see those things. Does mean they're any less real because you don't see them? They're still there. And there's an invisible spiritual reality all around us. We just don't have the eyes to see it yet, but one day we will. We will get it. We will Because all things were created through Him, Jesus, and for Him. That goes back to John's Gospel, where He says, In the beginning was the Word, before He was born Jesus, was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus was creator, not created. And all things were made by Him. And for him, as the Holy Spirit says, so as the word of it, all other things were made to the place where he was teaching. You were made by him and for him. So what do you mean by Why am I here? That's it. I'm saying you were made by him, for him. For his glory. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is sovereign over everything, every particle in this universe, every positively and negatively charged uh, particle, it is all in one together. You see that? He keeps everything from spinning out of control. Okay, so he keeps everything from spinning out of control. He over it. It is a Christocracy, Christ is in charge, and we can follow him with that. He can do one day, and we can do that every time we can do that. From the dead. There's that title of supremacy again. In this case, he was actually chronologically the firstborn from the dead, as well as the most important one ever born from the dead. He's the first one to die and come back to life, never to die again. 
Yes, there are other people who have been resurrected, but we died again. It's the first and only one to not die again. So far, we're all going to be that way. We're all going to live forever because of him. So that's why he's the first one. So when he went into our sin, he also became a new Because when he emerged from it, Thank <laughs> you. 
go on and grow up. One more for you. Who's the one you like? That's why I've been sitting here this arrow out there in the middle of all of us. That's reminded of the usual life. Well, what you're going to do is go out there and grab one of those on the